you know, people think that businesses just become what they are, but they don't. It takes years and years and years and years of learning, of molding, of adapting, of building relationships, and then putting all that knowledge together, right? And then reworking it again. And I think that that's what it is. I've been a restaurant owner. I've been a lounge owner. I've um, been on the board of a lot of different event committees and so forth. And, you know, we've attended so many different events. And I think when you put all those things together, that's where you kind of create the business. Meet Erica Moore, event maestro and mastermind behind EMRG Media, crafting iconic events for giants like Google, Cardi B, and NBC. With a legacy spanning Tufts to Columbia, she's transformed the scene with the Event Planner Expo. Dive into Erica's world where events become legends. Welcome to Eventus 365, the podcast that's all about corporate events and the magic behind the scenes. I'm your host, Yannick DaCosta, and I am excited to take you on a journey through the world of corporate events. But before we dive in, let's talk about the stress of creating marketing material for your events. We all know how tough it can be when deadlines are tight and resources are limited, but guess what? YKME Visual Communications has got your back. Our design firm specializes in working with corporate event professionals just like you, and we're here to help take the stress out of creating stunning graphics for your event. Our team of expert designers can deliver custom brand compliant designs in just 12 hours. So whether you need branding, signage, marketing materials, or anything else, YKMD's got you covered. Okay, now that that's done, let's start the show. All right. Hello, Erica. So excited to chat with you, meet you, all the fun stuff. Uh, we were just doing a little bit of uh, chatting and I'm probably way more excited than I probably should be. Um, but that's totally fine because we're talking about some pretty exciting stuff. Um, super happy that you're here, Erica. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here and to be talking to you. Awesome. So you have like a really impressive background, right? Like you have a, this like massive track record within the events industry. So let's kind of start from the beginning. Like, could you share with us like the story of how like, you built your like event business, like from the ground up and how you managed to get to like the impressive eight figure revenue generating portion of your life? Sure. So actually I wasn't always thinking I was going to be in the events industry. I went to Columbia grad, I was doing business and actually social work. And I thought that that was the direction I wanted to go. And I started to, you know, do something on the side where I would like work a couple hours. I would help with certain events. I'd volunteer. And I realized that that was my passion. Um, and then from just leveraging relationships and picking up like side opportunities, I realized that was the direction. So I took the business side of what I learned and then the passion side of what I liked and put that together. And it kind of, you know, it kind of grew over the years, you know, businesses, you know, people think that businesses just become what they are, but they don't. It takes years and years and years and years of learning, of molding, of adapting, of building relationships, and then putting all that knowledge together, right? And then reworking it again. And I think that that's what it is. I've been a restaurant owner. I've been a lounge owner. I've, um, been on the board of a lot of different event committees and so forth. And, you know, we've attended so many different events. And I think when you put all those things together, that's where you kind of create the business. 
Absolutely. It, it's, as you were talking, I, I immediately said to myself, I was like, there's also the part where people think like you can do it all on your own all the time. But then that's actually the part that makes it so much harder when you're like trying to do all these things from scratch and like reinvent the wheel instead of like going out and like learning from people and like and like building your business within the framework of a community. Right. Um, so I feel like for me, this podcast is a part of like that community for me as I continue to like build and grow my business within the event space, like continuing to make these connections and learning from like the people who I talk to every episode. Um, so thanks for <laughs> thanks for that. Um, there is a pretty solid like client list that you have, like the, the Robin Hood Foundation, Twitter, Google, Columbia Records, like that's that's pretty stuff, like well, pretty big stuff or pretty diverse too in Star Studied, if depending on who you are, right? Um, can you provide some insight into like how you've been able to maintain and grow these longstanding relationships? Yeah. So what I find is that every relationship starts somewhere, right? It could be super small. It could be a big one that comes and just like pops into your, your wheelhouse. But ultimately you have to take each relationship and value it. Like it's the gold, right? It's the top standard. And when you treat people with that kind of attention and that um, prioritization, that's how you develop those relationships, right? When you when you show that that person is the person that's most important when you're working with them, all of a sudden there's this connection. And when you form that connection, as you know, all of a sudden, you know, they come back to you for another opportunity and another, and you get a referral. And that's, I think, something that sometimes people overlook. They think, oh, it's a small event. So I'm just gonna use an example, right? So, um, you know, we were we were in the pandemic, we worked with a big company, you know, in the real world, I always called it the real world before the pandemic, um, you know, they would spend six figures on their events and they came to us and they were like, we have $5,000 for this virtual event. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if I could do this. Right. And I thought about it and I said, you know what, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. And if I maintain my relationship with them, whether I'm making money, breaking even, maybe losing a little bit, I'm still keeping busy. I'm, I'm keeping myself with them. Right. And we took that event and we didn't make money, but the event was great. The morale was great because, you know, pandemic time, everyone was like very disconnected. And then what happened was all of a sudden their 5,000 turned in 35,000 for the next one. And then that was still virtual. And then it became 75,000. And I think that that's an example of how you create and maintain relationships. And oftentimes I find when I talk to people, They'll be like, oh, I wouldn't do this because it's too smaller. Oh, you know, I'm not going to take that dinner party that the CEO wants to book because it's not the 5,000 or 1,000 people or 500 person party, right? And I think when you talk about it in that context, that's where you create and build the relationships. I think, I think that's actually a really great point too, because I feel like what you're talking about more so is being of service mm -hmm. right uh instead of like talking about like the bottom line and like there's i don't i'm i'm listen being profitable is important in business right but then there's also understanding um strategic reasons for doing things right and your business forward because even like when let's say like you're just starting out right in any business not just like sometimes i i have to like give the caveat like so i'm a, a graphic designer and so okay. um I'm I'm a 
president of like a national trade association, the vice president of an international organization. And so I always have to like give the caveat, like, guys, don't be upset with me. But like sometimes when you're just starting out, it's not about undercutting the expensive person. It's about understanding that you don't have as much experience in this thing. So you have to kind of come in at a lower price point until you prove yourself. Mm -hmm. what you're talking about might not necessarily be lack of experience, but maybe lack of experience with that specific person or maybe that specific industry. And so instead of having, you know, a 50% margin, you might have a 5% margin, you know, or you might just like literally break even, but you did a really great job and now you're building your rep like reputation with that person. And it makes all the difference, just like you said, from 5,000 to 35,000 to 45,000. And like seeing that grow, I'm sure you feel really great about that. Yeah. And, and I, and, th and that kind of goes into like, when you talk about like, you know, some of the clients, like the Fivers, the Googles, Columbia records, they're not all going to be these big events, but when you relate to people more as you're building a relationship and a long-term partnership, then it's not about the numbers. It's about, can you provide value? Are you making a difference? Can you create an event that's like impactful? And then how do you do that? And those are the things that I think lends itself to ultimately being able to generate and keep and then maintain those long-term relationships. Absolutely. Okay. Switch gears just a little bit. So diversity, equity, inclusion are like pretty important things for me. And I think that's, that's kind of like been the theme of this entire season, right? Um, sometimes I feel like there's not as much emphasis placed in just professional industries as a whole, but Let's talk a little bit about like their role in like event planning specifically. Like, how do you ensure that like these principles are prioritized in your events? Like, what kind of actionable steps can listeners take to enhance their own like DEI efforts at their own events? I think you have to be mindful of the topic, and then you have to make sure that everyone at the table is coming from different vantage points, because when you create something that's one dimensional, you're only going to one dimensional dimension um, message. And so ultimately that's the piece you have to think of. What am I trying you know, to do? Who is my audience? How do I want them to perceive this? How are they going to benefit this? And then how can they learn? Because learning has to come from seeing different perspectives and then you dissecting the pieces, right? You can't learn if you're only being told one thing in one way and that's that's the perspective of it. So kind of just making sure it's thoughtful, right? When you're doing a panel discussion, who's coming to the table? They could all be event planners, but maybe someone, you know, everyone has different niches. And then when you put those niches, you see a full picture. And those are the pieces that I think are really important to do. Uh, so I I actually learned this little term like on the podcast. Uh, I was uh, interviewing Megan Henschel and she's like one of my favorite people to reference. And she is a uh, event pro for Google. And one of the things she'll say is um, you'll never see a manual at like coming out of Google because we have like policies in place to make sure that those kinds of things just like don't happen. And even like when I'm like working with people, I'm always trying like, so, hey, maybe uh, a younger person, you know, 
maybe two years into their career and an older person, maybe 10 years into their career and maybe someone who doesn't work with uh, clients who, you know, have $5 million budgets every time kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I think making sure that you have like a really great cross section or a, a, a wide enough range of people sitting at a table when we're talking about like, um, the planning and the execution really makes a difference. So I appreciate you for saying that. I, I feel like I'm like just co-signing everything you're saying, but <laughs> like, uh, like what else? Good, good minds think alike. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, we are. Um, so I'm sure like, you know, some people, myself included, right, um, are interested in growing their like own event businesses just like mm -hmm. you've done. So like, can you share some tactics that you've used to strategically partner with other businesses and stakeholders to bolster your business and like, kind of like what that looks like in terms of like, not necessarily partnering with the clients, but like partnering with like contractors, like caterers, totally. like that kind yes. of. So, okay. So this is a very important piece. And this is something that can take your business, even if you're like at five figures to even six figures. So on a side note, I teach entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, specifically in the events industry, how to scale their business. And one big piece that we talk about in this program, um, and one thing that we incorporate with our business is who are the players, who are the people who you look up to, that you respect, that you like, that do things that you do not do. So first you have to say, what are my strengths? What are the pieces that clients come to us that we need? So I'm not a florist, right? But I know that I can achieve doing the floral piece for a client because I have strategic partners. So I'll create one that I think can do stuff that is less creative, but can always get the job done. You give them the message, they're going to do it. And then I do one that's very creative, you know, super high level, does things for like, you know, Rihanna and did all the Met Gala things when we would do those events together. And I have, you know, a, a plethora of people, but I, you know, you, you want to establish in all reality, you don't need 10 of those people. Get three good people, right? Three that you know that you can trust and that you could depend on. And you establish a relationship. You say, I am going to need this service. So A, I want to establish that you can achieve this, right? That you could be dependable, which they're going to say, of course, yes, I can. All right. And then you want to manage expectations, you know, because you're going to be managing the client. So how do you communicate the information that they're providing to the client, right? So, so that's a piece that you want to establish. And then there's two ways of doing it. You either go to them and say, I would love to have a discounted rate because I'm referring you this business. So I want to give my client value, option one, or I would like to have a prorated rate. And I also, because I'm bringing you this business, I want to make sure that you give me a referral fee. So either they can give you a referral fee or you could do it as an exchange. I'm going to give you this job. You're going to give me another job. So now what you did, if you think about it, you increased your revenue, right? Just from that move, you're allowed to now service the client that maybe you could have, you would have had to say, Hey, I can only take a piece of this job. I can't take the whole. So now you're losing revenue there. And then you also establish that because you're going to refer them business, you want it to be reciprocal. So now you have revenue, right? Referrals, new business coming in. So what I do, right, is that's a floral example, right? So now I'm not tech. So I'm going to do the same thing with like your tech department, right? AV, production, you know, um, lighting, staging, that kind of stuff. So when I do conferences, 
or when I do um, like, you know, fireside chats or things like that, I know I need that, right? Or if I do a big production outside, I know I need that piece. Who are my people that I want to go to? There's going to be a cheaper one. That's good, but maybe it doesn't do all the fluff and doesn't create it as well. Then there's going to be the more expensive and then there's going to be tiers. Again, you don't need 10, two to three. Great, right? And you build that wheel so that now all of a sudden you could do everything and you become the spoke in the middle of the wheel. And when you do that, those moves change your business because now you're actually servicing the same client that needed things, but you're doing more for them. So what you've now done is you've become a stronger resource for your client. And now they're going to lean on you more. They, and, they, and they, yeah, they know that they can like, like trust, they know they can trust you, but they also Correct. can trust all the resources that you said in the mirror way. I mean, that, Correct. You know, I love that. Um, you guys put that in your back pocket, like small, small ways that you can increase your revenue without like killing your back. No, I love it. Um, and, and it also, it also shows that you're, you, you're, you're more valuable. Yeah. Because if I can only venue source, but I can't do entertainment or like, for example, like we do talent booking, we booked Buster Rhymes like 15 times last year and all of the clients were so happy because he's an amazing performer. If I couldn't do that, someone else would have been doing that. And then the client would have to manage one more relationship. They just, they don't really want to do. They, they, they don't. Want. Uh, so speaking of uh, clients and booking and things, um, <laughs> your company, uh, EMRG Media, has like created the Events Planner Expo, which has, I'm pretty sure, become like a leading trade show in the industry because I actually knew about it before we um, booked you on this, which is great. Um, because I, I, I typically ask my guests, like, what's one uh, event that you feel like every event marketing pro should attend at least once in their life and your event was on the list so can you talk a little bit about like why you think this expo is important and um and how it's gonna like positively impact the industry and like what benefits participants um can gather from it sure so about a little over 12 years ago my partner and I were talking about you know, feedback that we get. So whenever we incorporate something new to our business, it's based on like conversations that clients or vendor partners or strategic the conversations within the industry. And the conversation was they were looking for something that was edgy and cool and not stuffy, that they could make connections, they could form relationships, they could be educated, they could hear people um, from the industry speak about their experiences you know, what they see the trends to be, like learn. And we said, that's interesting. Hmm. And my partner said, I can do this. I thought he was crazy, just for the record. So he embarked on putting this together. And the reason we put this together is because we want to place a hub in New York City where people can come together and feel like they can make valuable, long-standing relationships. And we're all very busy in the events industry. And sometimes it can be hard, Right for you to take that time, right? You have to schedule on your schedule. Hey, I have to go to this event today. And then you have to promise to make sure you show up, right? Because that's, it's, it's challenging. So the trade show encompasses all of it. It creates opportunities. It creates community building. It creates strategic partnering. We do a three-day event. So now we're in 11 years. This year will be 11 years. And our keynote this year is Gary Vaynerchuk. 
He joined us back actually in 2019 and we spoke to him and he is returning back to the stage. But past speakers have included like Damon John, Mel Robbins, Jesse Itzler, Barbara Corcoran, Martha Stewart. Now you might say, well, you're an events industry event. How come these people aren't, the ones that I'm mentioning, right? Haven't been event planners. They're actually successful entrepreneurs. And if you think about it, we do two buckets. We always do a successful entrepreneur, like I mentioned, and we'll create like a high-end, high-level event planner. So Colin Cowie joined us for like eight years, but he's been in South Africa a lot. So his schedule and ours haven't aligned this year. And we haven't even announced her yet. We're going to have Marcy Blum. So your audience is going to hear that. Um, and the reason being is there's two points. You want to hear from the event planner to see like what their mind is saying, right? See what their business, what it takes to create the business and the events. But you can't be a successful entrepreneur if you're bad at business. And oftentimes we forget that. So we always will incorporate uberly high level entrepreneurs to show people that this is also them, right? Those two identities merge. Um, and then on top of that, we do about 150 exhibitors. So the exhibitors get to show these amazing activations, amazing floral, you know, beautiful, like, and delicious food and cocktails and VIP swag or merchandise and all things that relate to events, entertainment, live music. And so when you walk this show, whether you're the Googles or the Twitters, the Buzzfeeds or whoever you are, right? You're always going to find somebody you didn't know before. And you're going to leave being like, okay, now I picked up these three more relationships or these three new activations that I can incorporate into my 10 events that I have coming up. So we do kind of like the, the feeling of the items, you know, you get to see it, you get to touch it, you get to taste it. Like all of that stuff is incorporated and it's created over three days. So you get to do like an opening party, right? Which is cocktails and networking and VIPs. You get to do the education. So a full day of education from industry leaders, you get to meet them, right? Talk to them, have questions. And then you get to do networking. And then the last day you get to do this full trade show. And people might say, well, how come you don't do three days of a trade show? Because the first two days we want you to network. We want you to talk to people because I could meet you. And then I see what you do at your booth. And I'm like, wow, I need to do business. So it, it brings it full circle. And then last, we do a fun closing party. Last year, we had Buster Rhymes. This year, we'll have someone similar. And again, you know, the reason this was created was ultimately to forge relationships and give people the ability to say, like, I can come here and I can make new connections, but I can also become inspired and I could use these ideas for my business and I can just grow. And that's what it was all about. I love it. So as you were talking, I was like, why don't I have a booth at this thing? This is really <laughs> Um, I, and I'm, I'm going to circle back with you about that later, but I need to figure it out. Um, because it sounds like the place to be, um, I know for sure I'm going to, I'm going to be there. So, you know, if you're there, you know, come wave at me, come say hello. Cause I'm definitely going to put my foot in there. Um, why was that weird to say out loud? Anywho, um, this is why they don't invite me places in real life. Uh, so having built like a successful event planning business, right? Like what can you tell us about the value of the follow-up 
right? Like, so, and I, I'm only saying this, this is a bit of like a, like a curveball for you um, because I feel like you gave us like all the other things and like, I don't even have to keep diving into that. But sometimes like people will message me and they'll be like, you know what, Yannick? Like, I really appreciate your follow-up. And sometimes it's someone I spoke to in January that becomes a client in September, mm -hmm. right? Um, when they have like a whole different deal, nothing slated yet, this, that, and the third. Like, what can you tell us about the art of follow-up and its relevance to building a business? Okay, so follow-up, which I love this question, is actually the most important piece of the entire equation but it is also something that people don't like to do because people don't like what they call to be like annoying or to nag or to follow up. And I say, and you'll probably laugh. My strategy is I'm going to call you until you tell me to stop. There's nothing. Listen, it's completely fair. Right. So like for me, I will like, I'll message and I'll email and I'll text and I'll be like, Hey, I just want to know, Hey, just checking in. Hey, any thoughts? Because half the time it's not even that they're not interested in the service because I wouldn't even be following up if when we got off a call or a meeting, you didn't like give me positive vibes and say, yeah, no, you're interested. Right. And I also, I'm also really big on just being like, Hey, you don't have to say you're interested. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Just like right. at this point, let me know. So we don't waste each other's time. And they say, yes, then I'll follow up. And then like, you know, six months later, it's like, oh yeah, can you just send over the contract and I'm ready to go? I'm like, wait, what? Whoa, that, that wasn't that, it's not accident, right? It's completely the art of follow-up. Um, so, so people do like, can do like hundreds of touch points in a day, right? You could literally speak to, you know, 30 people, 20 people, 100 people, depending on like how you organize your day, right? But those first conversations are not going to close a deal. You're not going to engage with like a five, six figure, seven figure deal and lock it in one day. It's it's unrealistic. So if you're not willing to go back and have a conversation and to check in, oh, just checking in. Oh, I saw you on Instagram, saw that you were at the Yankees game. I'm a Yankees fan. I was there, you know, you know, whatever angle you want to go to do that. If you're not willing to do that, then your business won't grow. And you won't be able to forge new relationships because from a marketing perspective, you have to see something four to five times before you as a new buyer are going to buy. That's why people do ads in magazines like repeatedly, right? You'll see over and over and over, you go to the same magazine, you're going to see like a different variation of, a, of an ad. That's because as a human, you need to see something repeatedly before you decide that you're going to buy, especially if you're already working with someone or, you know, if you're a Nike sneaker person, right. And you see Adidas and that Adidas shoe look cute, but you're you're Nike, right. You need to see that. And then you need to see it on somebody and then you need to see it in action. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, she wears that or he wears that. Or, Oh, I really like that. You'll make that change. So why is it okay for us to use that process, but then not take it into our business? And that's why the follow-up is like the most important thing because it might not be now, but it's not never, it's it's later. And so that's the key thing. And like, also, like you said, like if someone says, hey, I'm not ready for it or like my boss just changed, we have to start again. Okay, cool. When would you like to have that conversation again? I'll mark you down. When's good for you? Oh, it's June now. Cool, let's, let's speak, you know, first week of August, great. But then the thing is this, you're building that relationship. So now you got to make sure that whatever date you say, you show up. Yep. 
that, that that's that, how that, it breaks through. Yeah, that's and then they also know that you're like reliable and like Correct. you show up when you say you're gonna show up, right? And that's like a really important thing in the event space, right? Just being yeah. showing up on time is massive. <laughs> um, as you were talking about touch points, I thought to myself, so recently after like this summer going to like a bunch of the trade shows. I've been connecting with a bunch of like professional people on Instagram, which is not the norm for me. Like my Instagram is, and I have a bunch of like different Instagram profiles, like one for my artwork and one for my, whatever, all the things. My Instagram, the one where I'm like just posting about my life has like heavy traffic from event pros. And so I find myself now, I still probably don't post about events, but like I realized that they'll like message me like, oh, I like your dress or, and they're like literally just getting to know me. And I took it for granted before mm-hmm. that like, that's also a touch point. So even though right. I'm not like, I'm not on Instagram selling, just being like visible, they're like, oh crap, I should probably call unique or whatever. I remember this thing. Um, and I, I just wanted to share that because I literally only sat and thought about it maybe last month. I was like, there are a lot of event pros commenting under my Instagram pictures these days. So anywho. No, uh, but, but that's important because that's a starting point, right? That's someone reaching out and saying, oh, I liked your pink dress that you're wearing. Where did you get it? Or, oh, you looked great. And then that's your opportunity of responding. Oh, well, I liked, you know, the picture of you and your dog. What kind of dog is that? You know, like those things form the relationships and it might sound silly and it might sound trivial, but people want to work with people that they like. And you can't like somebody if you don't know them. And the only way to know them is by talking to them or responding to them or texting with them or messaging them back because they liked your dress. And that is, you know, a big piece of how to grow a business. And it it doesn't cost you anything. It costs you time, but doesn't cost you anything from like a marketing perspective. Yeah. I... As you were saying that people like to work with people who they like, I mean, as a business owner myself, I also don't like clients that I like, don't like, it sounds weird. I'm like, I don't want that person as a client. That person is not probably like my spilo. So imagine like, I'm, I'm the one getting money and I'm still like, so imagine if you're the one spending it, right? Like you you still, you want to feel like you're, you're about to like have a decent time at work because events can be stressful enough, right? Like the least you could have someone who you actually want to have a conversation with when you're having like your 11 p.m. meeting because your keynote speaker canceled. I don't know, whatever. Um, anywho, so having generated like a um, hundred million dollars in events, like you've you've probably navigated some challenges, right? Um, <laughs> events can have all kinds of them, like ups, downs. <laughs> things happen, things don't happen, whatever. You plan the contingencies, but can you share with us like a time when things just like didn't go as planned and like how you managed to turn the situation around? Okay, so one one good example was um, we were doing an event for Mars, the chocolate company, and it was in October. It was several years ago. It was their 50th anniversary for the Mars celebration. And so they were honoring their staff and employees and I went to their their office, which is literally like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. You do have to get into like suits. So we have this whole meeting and they decide that they want to do it in October. So that's fine. We present different spaces and they pick the Statue of Liberty. Wow. Sounds good, right? Fun. Okay. Well, for those, 
Yes. So for those of you who don't know, or maybe you do, there's only one way to get guests to the Statue of Liberty, which is on a boat. Awesome. So you schedule the boats and you, you know, we, we, we scheduled buses to pick them up, you know, to, from their offices in that area to downtown, you know, by the, the port where you can get on the, the boats and then the boats load up and they do like two rounds and they take you to the Statue of Liberty. Well, as we were discussing the planning, the one conversation that came up was, well, it's October and the weather could be really not nice because you never know in October if you're going to get nice or really bad weather. But they said, no problem. We're good with this. We want to do the Statue of Liberty. Perfect. So the day starts and it is literally a like torrential downpour and lightning. So I'm on the islands. And so when you're loading in, you can load in by driving in, but you're only allowed to do that if you know, you're know you loading in. You can't do that if you're a guest. So we're loading in and all of a sudden the sky opens and it's pouring and there's lightning. And they say, that's it. We're shutting down the port. So now we have 800 people can't get on the islands and I have to figure out how we're getting them on the boat. Long story short, Obviously, it was stressful, but we kept them calm. We waited a little bit. The venue worked with us with like the start time. And we basically were able to get them on the boat. We took less people on the boat and it just took us longer to get there. So that was like a modification to the plan. And then at the end, we allowed people to leave a little bit earlier. And then we took the boats a little longer. So ultimately, we had to adjust. So the reason I'm mentioning that one is because A, super stressful and B, it was something that's a non-controllable. And in events, you know, we as event planners typically want everything to go the way we want it because we're micromanaging, right? But at the end of the day, part of being an event planner is also recognizing that there's the controllable and non-controllables. And how do you react when those non-controllables take over, right? By keeping calm and making sure your clients stay you know, calm and you don't like elevate it. So I always say when anything happens, that's like a non-controllable, just think about what's the best way of kind of de-escalating things and come up with an alternative or modification to the plan so that you could still achieve what you want and keep everyone happy to get the same results. But that was a super stressful situation. I feel it in my toes. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I think that was because I was literally over here like, wait, what happened? I'm like, I'm like, wait, what, what, what happened? I thought you were gonna tell me that you guys just had to like do it on the sidewalk. Um, I'm glad that you actually managed to get them over there. Um, so kudos to you for like navigating that bumpy situation. Um, okay, so one more question. Um, I would love to kind of hear like your top three pieces of advice for our listeners out there. So like. Um, you know, corporate event marketers and planners who are like trying to like push through just like all the craziness of the event world to kind of create their own magic. Like what can they do to stand out and keep up with like the fast paced event industry as it continues to evolve? So one, make sure to get in the room and you want to get into the room of people who are bigger than you that do more things than you so that you might be walking into a room that you're the smallest person in the room. And that's okay. Cause the only way you're going to grow is by seeing things that are done differently that are outside of your comfort zone. So, so getting in the room, right. Two, being findable. 
It doesn't matter if you're the best graphic person, you're the best planner, you're the best wedding planner. It doesn't matter that you could be the best thing since sliced cheese. If people can't find you, you're irrelevant. Yeah. So that means you have to be like omnipresent. How do you become omnipresent? Start doing either lives. Maybe you don't feel comfortable on the camera, then maybe you do your voice. Maybe you do video, you do pictures, post what you're doing. Let people know that you're busy, you're doing things. And these are the levels of events that you can do because oftentimes people don't know until they see. Yeah. Right. So now you're getting in the room, being very uncomfortable, even if you don't like to be. You're putting yourself out there, whether it's you speaking, content, event recaps, posts, you're telling people what you're doing. And then third, you know, is really just being like accessible and accessible in a way that like, if someone engages you and says, Hey, let's chat about this project or, Hey, let's chat about how we can work. You know, a lot of times people are like, no, don't want to do it. Don't have time. You don't have to make time for everybody. Cause some of those asks are not relevant, but I'm sure if you look back for the people who are asking you, there's probably a few that you turned down that actually could have helped you. And so I say, do like two or three of them a week. Put that into your rotation because if you forge, and this goes back to what we talked about before, strategic relationships, you form three strategic relationships a week. Three times four is 12. That's 12 for the month. 12 times 12 is 144. 144 new possible event opportunities that you just did by allowing that conversation to happen. I love it. I love it. So I'm not going to lie. Okay. I thought by default, you were going to be like, well, of course, just, you know, attend the expo. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you're not going to put yourself in uncomfortable situations, you're not going to attend our event, right? If you're not willing to make relationships, you're not going to attend the event. If you're not willing to do those things, then you shouldn't be at the event because that means that you're going to sit in your home or your apartment or your office, and you're not going to grow. For the Event Planner Expo, we create this forum to say to people, come network, exchange ideas, get inspired and be willing to grow. But it all starts with the person, right? If you're not willing to get out of your home, your office and come, then you're going to stay in the same position. But we could talk about the Event Planner Expo if you'd like. <laughs> you know what? Tell Tell the people as we head on out how they can attend this year's Events Planner Expo. Okay, so this year, it's October 10th through the 12th. It's in New York City. We have hotel accommodations. So if people are looking for hotel blocks, they're coming in. They don't have to worry. They can get a prorated rate through us. Um, they can go to the website. It's theeventplannerexpo.com. Um, we have Gary Vaynerchuk as our keynote with Marcy Blum and a bunch of different panel discussions, which we're really excited about. Um, and they can follow us at the Event Planner Expo on Instagram. Now, I know that you and I spoke about this and I'd love to offer it to everybody. So for all of your listeners, for all the people who trust you, who listen and tune in every day, who want to grow, because that's what they're here for, right? They want to grow. They want to be better. You are going to be gifted a one-day past the trade show floor. So that is the day where the 150 exhibitors are, where the fireside chats are, where we have like cocktails and appetizers and all of the things to inspire you. That day, you will get a one day pass by using the code GaryComp. And that is for Gary Vaynerchuk. And then if 
you would like to invest more and you'd like to be a part of it for all three days, we are going to be gifting you a 30% discount code to any of the tickets. You can come to the opening party, you can come to the education, you can come to the closing party, and that will be Gary 30. And so for that, we hope that that allows you to be able to get into the room. It saves you money. It introduces it, you know, the event to you if you haven't attended. And ultimately, we just want to give you the tools. We don't want anyone to say, like, I couldn't be a part of it. There's no excuses. So now, because of you and your relationship with them, your audience will be able to receive that. I love so you guys actually that that means that if you take advantage of that like you literally we get to like meet and hang out and like talk and network and just like rub shoulders a little bit i love meeting new people i love meeting my listeners um my i call them my like my digital people right like my people who i talk to like out into the the universe but have never actually shook 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 shaken shook touched hands with <laughs> But now you can, because we just invited them to the Event Planner Expo and you will be there. So guess what? Now you don't have to be digital. Now wow. you can show up and you can be like, okay, we're like, here. take your pictures, snap it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for your time, Erica. This was awesome. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation. And that's a wrap for this episode of Aventus 365. We hope you enjoyed listening and learning something new today. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to help event professionals discover us. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode and sign up for our newsletter for behind the scenes content and updates on upcoming events. If you have any suggestions for future topics or guests, or just want to say hello, you can reach us at info at eventus365.com. We love hearing from our listeners. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Eventus 365.